I'm Amber Tresca, and this is About IBD. It's my mission to educate people living with Crohn's disease or ulcerative colitis about their disease and to bring awareness to the patient journey. Welcome to episode 119. Restroom access is a huge problem for people who live with IBD. Needing to go to the bathroom is a basic human need. But in many places, it often seems like an afterthought. People with digestive or urinary conditions may decide not to travel or even go shopping because of this issue. Several states have passed a version of the Restroom Access Act. The first was spearheaded by Allie Bain in Illinois. At least 17 states have a similar law. The gist of these laws is that people who live with a digestive disease should be given access to a toilet at a business, even when there is no public restroom available. However, there is no such law currently in California. That's hopefully going to change thanks to the efforts of my two guests, Ashlyn Salzberg and Kelly Silk. Ashlyn is a teenager living with Crohn's disease and Kelly is her mom. Learn about how they got started on this journey to have the Restroom Access Act passed in California and how you can help. Today, we're going to be talking about California Assembly Bill 1632, which is also known as the Restroom Access Act. So I have two special guests with me here today to talk about this. I have Ashlyn Salzberg and Kelly Silk. I wonder if the two of you would introduce yourself because you're mother and daughter, um, so you probably sound a lot alike. So Kelly, let's start with you. Uh, Would you briefly introduce yourself and let the listeners know who you are? Thank you, Amber. Again, my name is Kelly Silk, and I'm Ashlyn's mother. Um, I'm, we live in Los Angeles. We have just actually this kind of the restroom access act has been our baby since uh, 2018. So um, we, we're very excited to discuss this, and um, happy that you contacted us. Excellent. Thank you so much for being here and for putting your lovely daughter in front of a microphone to talk to me. Ashlyn, would you like to introduce yourself? Sure. Um, Hi, I'm Ashlyn Salzberg. I'm 15. I live in Los Angeles and I have Crohn's disease. So I wonder if you would tell me about Ashlyn's diagnosis of Crohn's disease such as when her symptoms started, what that process of getting diagnosed was like for you, and what it has been like for your family. I was eight years old, and um, it kind of just every day, every week, it sort of just started building up. It gradually just got worse. It started at school when I would just frequently just have the urge to use the restroom. So I would miss a lot of class, and obviously I was younger, so I didn't know what was really going on. I just thought everything was normal. And so a couple of weeks later, uh, we went on a trip to San Francisco and it's what it's, it's about like a six hour drive. And at every restaurant rest stop, I had to use the restroom. Um, so that was not ideal. And so we had to cut our trip short because just my symptoms were just starting to get worse. And I actually had to go to the ER in San Francisco, but they didn't give us any like result. They had no diagnosis. Mm -hmm. So we saw multiple doctors. One said it could have been like stomach bug, which it obviously wasn't. Some others had misdiagnosis. Um, 
So eventually we saw Dr. Rabazadeh at Cedar sinai and he recommended a colonoscopy and an endoscopy, and so that resulted in Crohn's disease. Kelly, what did you think when this was going on? You guys were on this trip, and poor Ashlyn was in the bathroom, and then the symptoms weren't going away. You probably did think stomach bug at first, right? But then after a few days, it's like, well, that's not what's going on here. What did you think? Yeah. We took her to her pediatrician, and we asked him, and he said, oh, it's a stomach bug. And he said, well, Mm -hmm. can you do a stool, take a stool sample? And he's like, oh, no, no. He kind of poo-pooed it. And then when we went up to San Francisco and we're like, okay, there's something not right here. I mean, she's Mm -hmm. just every rest stop, she's going to bathroom. And and it wasn't just, they were bloody stools. Mm. And then when we got to the hotel, the next morning, she was screaming from the bathroom. And I went into the bathroom and the entire toilet bowl was full of blood. And we contacted my dad, he's a physician. And he's like, you know, you need to go to the ER and Mm -hmm. hit his diagnosis, he was he's not a, or was not a gastroenterologist, but he thought she might have some form of IBD. Mm-hmm. You know, it was very scary, and um, we, I mean, we were just at a loss. We didn't know. So when we finally found Dr. Rabasade, who's a pediatric gastroenterologist, and he's the the director of the of IBD at Cedar Sinai that it was like a godsend. He really, you know, he knew exactly what he was doing, knew all the steps. He took great care of Ashlyn, but I was frightened the whole way. And from the colonoscopy and the endoscopy, you know, I was like a nervous wreck. She started with infusions, as you know, and um, that was the other thing. Like I was like, bawling. I was hysterical because, you know, she was getting these infusions and they were sticking needles in her. And, but, you know, Dr. Ravazade was like, he seemed so, he wasn't cavalier about it, but he was just like, you know, you'll get used to this. It's not going to be like a big deal anymore. And then, you know, Ashley would go in for appointments and she was fine every time she had her infusions. You know, she was like sticking her arm out. She knew the routine. And that just, it allayed a lot of my fears because um, Ashley seemed to be okay with it. And the medicine was working at the time. Ashlyn, as you're listening to your mom describe your symptoms and what went on during those times, I have a 12-year-old daughter. I once was a young girl. So I'm thinking about talking about these type of symptoms and how they could uh, affect you emotionally. How does it feel for you to to talk about it or to hear your mother describe that period of time in your life? Um, it kind of brings back a lot of nostalgia. It was very scary time. I obviously, mm-hmm. I was younger, so I didn't understand it, but I had a flare-up during the pandemic. So... Mm-hmm. I was very scared to go out of the house. I was always at home because obviously because of the pandemic, but I just kind of, I felt like I isolated myself and I really like understood my feelings of what it was like to have a flare up because I hadn't had one in like five years. Mm-hmm. So it was all just, I just like crying every day. It was just there. It was very emotional because I kind of forgot what it was like to be I would say ill. Yeah, it was difficult when it all came back around again, right? Yeah. Ashlyn, what has having Crohn's disease 
been like as far as your social life and as far as your friends are concerned? Do your friends know about it or do you talk to them about it? I don't talk about it all the time, but it does come up frequently, like especially like want to go like eat. They're like, hey, you want to have popcorn? No, I can't have popcorn. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So I feel like it's kind of just like, I kind of just like laugh it off sometimes. Sometimes I like, sometimes people kind of have to understand that when I, like when I'm around friends and I have to go to the bathroom, it's not like we can wait five minutes. Like I I have to go. Mm -hmm. Sometimes I just hope people are a little bit more understanding sometimes because sometimes it just feels a little bit awkward to inter kind of interrupt but I have to and say that I have to go to the bathroom mm -hmm. how do you think that your friends or other people in your life could support you in your journey I think that obviously being understanding I think that a lot of times I'm like think to myself that they don't acknowledge it so I feel like just knowing that they're there for me and they always like at least think about it sometimes because a lot of times they don't know what's going on not at school because I used to leave early at school actually this was like every week a lot of times just leaving to go to my infusions and a lot of times like where where are you going I'm like I'm going to the hospital uh, so it's kind of awkward because sometimes there's sometimes people that I just don't want to know. Sometimes I just want people to understand that sometimes my health comes first. I'm excited to tell you about my partnership with a product I use every day. I started taking AG1 because I was taking all these supplements in pill form and it wasn't working for me anymore. Honestly, I would forget to take them and it was also sometimes hard on my stomach. Now I've been using AG1 for several weeks and I love it. It doesn't have a medicine taste, but it has this mild tropical taste that I actually look forward to each morning. If you follow me on the Instagrams, you know that we like to go on family trips and the travel packs are super convenient to bring with me. So what is this stuff? With one delicious scoop of AG1, you're absorbing 75 high quality vitamins, minerals, whole food sourced superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help you start your day right. This special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy, recovery, focus, and aging, all of the things. It's lifestyle-friendly, whether you eat keto, paleo, vegan, dairy-free, or gluten-free. It's cheaper than getting all the different supplements yourself, and the company gives back. In 2020, AG donated over 1.2 million meals to kids. Right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop and a cup of water each day. That's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. 
All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash IBDpod. Again, that is athleticgreens.com slash IBDpod to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. We're here to talk about the restroom access bill. So you've been working with your assembly member, Dr. Akila Weber, to get a form of this law passed. Can you tell me how that process started and what set you on this path? There was one instance back at the beginning of the pandemic. We went to go see my grandpa in a um, a living facility, and I they didn't let people in because it was the pandemic. Obviously, the beginning of the pandemic, no one no one knew what was going on, so we couldn't even like go in. And so all of a sudden, I had to use the bathroom, and this was like the first time that I was really outside of the house mm-hmm. since. March. So obviously I hadn't had like an urge to go. I was just inside my house, right near the bathroom, right next to me. So obviously they didn't let me in. Oh no. Even though I showed them my card and I told them we tried like I believe it was like a seven eleven, like a mm-hmm. block away, did not have a bathroom. Then we like ran <laughs> to like a hotel, like yeah two blocks down unfortunately I had an accident yeah because I just I couldn't like it was really bad my Mm flare-up was so it was just so terrible Mm -hmm. at the time and so I just couldn't make it like I was in so much pain I was like crying for help I I I like it had to come out yeah yeah I I live with ulcerative colitis I understand (laughs) You know, I know, I know how that goes. And um, I'll tell you, every single person I know, or that I've ever spoken to or interviewed with IBD, something like that has happened to them. And so that is why so many states, people who live with IBD have, have um, worked towards getting restroom access bills passed in so many different states, because you know, you go into the Seven Eleven. There, there is a bathroom in that Seven Eleven. We know that yeah. there is. There's an employee there who needs to use the bathroom, right? We know that's there. Yeah. Um, so the fact that they won't let you use it in an emergency just doesn't make any sense. And for yeah. you to have to go through what you did, Ashlyn, that that absolutely it's horrible, and that shouldn't that shouldn't happen. So then, how did this translate into you thinking about legislation and then working with Dr. Weber? Well, that was kind of like the impetus. Uh, mm-hmm. That incident was the impetus for us. Um, Ashton, you know, came to me and said that, you know, this is odd that, you know, I never experienced this before that, but she's always been close to the bathroom because she's been at school or right. at home. Right. She, and she never had thought about it before. And mm-hmm. so she, um, she said there, there must be something that, you know, we, could do isn't there a law or something and I said well we have the IBD cards so we were just looking on the internet and Mm -hmm. we came across this restroom access act Mm -hmm. and and then we read the story about Allie Allie Bain and we read her story um about how she got a pass in Illinois and so then um we were searching and trying to determine whether California had the same act and we couldn't find it anywhere. 
So with that, we decided to contact uh, several assembly members as well as state senators. Mm-hmm. It was a very arduous process. I let Ashton kind of speak to, to him. Oh, okay. Since like 2019, we wrote to or had a meeting with Senator Holly Mitchell, mm-hmm. the 30th Senate um, District, and met her district representative in her office. Then state assembly member Sydney Kamliger and then Melanie Morano of the California State Committee on Health in Sacramento and um, then the Business Professions and Economic Committee in Sacramento and we forwarded twice to different staff members who never got back to us. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, then Senator Alex Padilla mm-hmm. and Congressman Karen Bass for guidance. Mm-hmm. And then 40 senators. Yeah, we wrote, we wrote Ashton drafted the letters and then I kind of tweaked them. Yeah. But we, we wrote to, we just did like an, a blast. So we, we, we actually did it the old fashioned way, I should say. We, we mailed them, but we mailed uh, letters to 40 state senators and then a handful of assembly members. Mm-hmm. And after that, we were like, well, we'll give them to such and such date to respond. We waited and waited and waited. And of course, we heard crickets yeah. and uh, decided, well, I guess we have to reach out to them. So um, Ashton and I called um, as many s- senators that we could. And mm-hmm. we actually were able to after numerous calls, we um, were lucky enough to reach out to uh, the state Senator Newman's office and his legislative aid was like terrific. He said that he talked to his senator and his senator thought that it should pertain not just to people with IBD, but it should be for all people. Mm-hmm. So that he said that would actually make it more difficult. And then his, the senator had a concern about the business committee objected to it. Yeah. And there's no fiscal issue with respect to the bill mm-hmm. or fiscal responsibility. There may be a li- liability issue, perhaps, but um, not a fiscal one. And then um, Senator Newman's legislative aide contacted me and said, you know what, we're going to, the senator wants to pass on the, on the bill. Mm-hmm. That was a real blow to us because we had been working with him in tandem for about a month and a half. So he then found out about, Sen- about I'm sorry, Assemblymember Weber, and he told us that she actually penned a bill for Restroom Access Act. So we immediately got on the phone with her. We spoke to her re- district representative. We sent him a letter also and explained our situation and how we want to be really engaged in the process. He, you know, he was like, you know, more the merrier. With that, we said, you know, Ashton said she wanted to provide her testimony because the, the bill was drafted. It was going before the um, business committee. Mm-hmm. So uh, they said that they would allow Ashlyn to virtually provide her testimony. So Ashlyn testified before the business committee. It actually passed. 
and then it was going goes went to the health committee and then it went to the health committee like actually like a few days ago mm-hmm. and it also passed so we had a couple like letters of support so first um, my doctor dr Rabazade, the director of pediatric inflammatory bowel disease program um at theater signing and then stacy dylan co-founder and board director of connecting the crohn's colitis so you had a lot of support in getting this bill to where it is now. Uh, I'm not familiar at all with <laughs> how that all works in your state. So it's been through committee. Does that mean it next goes to a vote? What happens is, okay, so it goes, it's first with the assembly, state mm-hmm. assembly. So it goes first, as I said, to the business committee, then the health committee, and then it goes to the appropriations committee. Okay. And then the assembly votes for it or against it and then it goes to the state senate and it goes through their business committee and their health committee etc and what if it passes the senate then it goes to the governor's desk that would probably be in late september that the governor would would review the bill we did actually have a meeting with with assembly member weber Mm -hmm. so that was very interesting too so she already had some language around a bill and then you contacting her was something that was helpful to her, I guess, in in pushing this forward and getting it through all of the committees? Yeah, I think so, because, you know, Ashley provided her testimony. Mm-hmm. So um, and we told her that we would be interested in, you know, tweaking any language, kind of wordsmithing the, the bill. Her office has been very good about keeping us in the loop and letting us participate in any way we can. It seems like such a tedious process when she told us all the committees and um, that have to they have to go through and you know it just sounded so exhausting. But when she said that by September it goes to the governor's desk, it didn't seem like that long. So it sounds very hopeful at this point. I hope so, yeah. what do you think this law, if it's passed in California, what do you think the effect would be for people who live with a digestive disease such as you or anyone else? Like, I think we wouldn't have like as many worries. I feel like we'd be a lot, a lot more calm because when I'm in the car, the only thing I worry about is where the restroom is. So I feel like I will just kind of be more relaxed less anxiety mm-hmm. um especially that i sort of so much anxiety i have because when i get rejected to use the bathroom i have so much anxiety i get very very nervous because i all of a sudden i just feel like it's like coming like like the urge gets even worse at the moment so i feel like i feel like run like somewhere else. So I feel like it's just going to, I'm going to just have less anxiety. I'm not going to be as worried about it. Right. I feel like if you have less anxiety, then you will probably not need to use the bathroom. Do you feel that way? Yeah. 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 
What was that like to give your testimony? Because it is really, it's very emotional. It's difficult. You're describing things that a lot of people don't like to talk about at all. How did you feel giving your testimony? Well, at first, funny story, they gave us the wrong number. Like everybody <laughs> number. So at first they like called my name multiple times. And so then I didn't get to speak at first. We contacted the assembly member, Kilo Weber, and we also mm-hmm. contacted the, I believe, was it a business committee? And so they finally, they kept in touch with us and they said, I could, they can come back to us and speak at the end. So then when I finally did, I just felt so relieved because mm. I wanted to speak. I was crying. I like wanted to speak because I, I wanted to be a part of it. I wanted to have a say because this was my experience and I wanted to pass It's very courageous. Remind me again how old you are, Ashlyn. Fifteen. Fifteen. I cannot imagine talking about these things in front of a state, your state assembly at the age of 15. Um, I was diagnosed at 16. I don't think I told a soul what was going on with me. So I'm in awe of you. And what you're doing is really amazing. And I applaud your courage. And for that reason, I want to make sure that people can help you. So you've gotten some support. It sounds like the ball is rolling here, but we want more. We want people to know how the, how they can help you. So what are some ways that a person who's listening right now could help you in support of getting the Restroom Access Act passed in California? The first thing is, is that I guess we would need more letters in support of the act, also providing more testimony from from different organizations or committees or individuals is another way that they can bring more um, support to the bill. Also, you can just join and like listen to the, like listen to the committee because it's just helpful. Like you can just like gain knowledge, I guess, and just that's just that's just one tiny little thing of just like support and also if you just join at the end i believe they like ask if there's anybody on the call that's in support and you can just say your name and just say that you support it like it's not a big deal it's like you're speaking for like two seconds yeah they, they were i guess there's a difference between sponsoring and supporting mm-hmm. and what we were having difficulty with with all these senators is that we could find a sponsor if there's anyone who would set up, step up to support that, that would also be another way to enhance the, the bill. What kind of entity would support you in this? Uh, nonprofit, patient advocacy groups? Is that the kind of thing that you're looking for? Yes. Yes. All right. Just so that I understand. I'm learning all of the time. I still don't know so many things. The idea that these bills have to go through so many committees is just, it's staggering to me. Sometimes I wonder how anything gets done. (laughs) And um, maybe that's why this hasn't been done already. Well, thank you so much for all of the work that you're doing in this. I hope that you all, though, have some things coming up that are more pleasant. So do you have any summer plans? What's going to happen after you get out of school, Ashlyn? Um, I'm going to Colorado with my grandparents. Nice. Finally getting away from my parents. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's so funny. (laughs) What are you going to do in Colorado? You have a lot of outdoor stuff planned, do you think? Yeah. um, I know that there's a lake, so we can go 
fishing. I usually go there in the in the winter. Oh, okay. So I usually ski, but I'm excited to go during the summer. Mm-hmm. So. And is your Crohn's disease behaving lately? How are you feeling? Right now, I'm saying that I'm I'm okay. I wouldn't say that it was how it was like before the mm-hmm. pandemic, but I'm not going to say that it's like how I was when I was diagnosed. Mm-hmm. Ashlyn, you're so courageous. I am really appreciative and I admire everything that you have been doing to get this law passed in California. I think it is really important and I look forward to seeing what you're going to do next. So thank you so much, Ashlyn. Thank you so much, Kelly, for coming on and for telling your story. And we're going to do what we can to get more eyeballs on this and get you more support in California to get the Restroom Access Act passed. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much, and it was lovely to be a part of this. Hey, Super Listener. Thanks to Ashlyn Salzberg and Kelly Silk for sharing their story and for the work they're doing in California to champion the Restroom Access Act. It has been a long road to get this legislation moving, and as you heard from Ashlyn and Kelly, it took significant effort on their part, as well as from Assemblywoman Dr. Akila Weber, Ashland's gastroenterologist, and patient advocacy group connecting to cure Crohn's and colitis. I'm going to put information in the show notes for you to read the bill or to contact the sponsors to give your support and to follow the progress. Links to a written transcript, everyone's social media handles, and more information on the topics we discussed is in the show notes and on my episode 119 page on aboutibd.com. You can follow me, Amber Tresca, across all social media as About IBD. Thanks for listening. And remember, until next time, I want you to know more about IBD. About IBD is a production of Malintel Enterprises. It is written, produced, and directed by me, Amber Tresca. Mix and sound design is by Matt Cooney. Theme music is from Cooney Studio. Did you do a podcast at school? What was that like? We kind of made one for health class. It just turned out great. So we got a good grade on it. So. Oh, nice. Nice. Do you want a job? <laughs> <laughs> I could use some help. <laughs> I think you're doing all right, Amber. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you.